Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. And, of course, the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern and on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search Scout Fantasy Sports, and hit subscribe, and you'll get a notification whenever a new episode is uploaded. And it is crunch time here, final weekend of fantasy baseball drafts, but it's not too late to get the help that you need. And how do you do that? You head on over to ScoutFantasySports.com. Our fantasy baseball draft kit is one of the best around. You can check it out for yourself, and you'll see uh, excellent content. Sean Childs, an NFBC Hall of Famer, myself, and Dr. Otto. I uh, was finished second among the dr- experts in draft accuracy rankings, according to Fantasy Pros, for last season. So you can get access to those rankings, which I update continuously. I went through a, a sweep yesterday, and there's more news coming down today. So I'm going to have to go and make more changes. A lot of jobs are being determined fifth starters being named, and some jobs still up for grabs. So I'll continue to go through and make those changes. So I advise if you do use my rankings, just wait to the last minute before you print it out because as soon as I make changes, they're reflected. So it's no date to say where it's last updated. As soon as I make a change. So if I made a change right now, in about a minute, it'll be reflected on the website. So I just kind of go through uh, throughout the day, make changes, uh, I don't have a draft tomorrow, so I'll have time to go through it while I'm watching the tournament. I do have a draft on Sunday, uh, so I'll be making more updates Sunday night and continuously until the season starts. So uh, you could check that out. Also, uh, I, I put this on Twitter, and someone had asked a question uh, on the message boards and forums. There was a couple people that want a top 300 list, and I've said this before. I think it is the worst thing for fantasy baseball. I you know I love to do things that you guys want and request. I think top 300, top 250, they do not help you. And I know what you guys are going to do, and you're going to tell me no, but you guys are going to blindly follow that list. You're going to cross names off, and you're going to be like, well, Ronis has this guy 88. He's still on the board, and we're at pick 120. I got to take this guy. Well, it all depends on what your roster is at that point. Maybe that guy is a speed-only guy, and you already took someone early in the draft that you're getting for speed and not much pop. So they're not a fit for your team. Or maybe it's a guy where news just broke that he's hurt. Or maybe he just doesn't fit your roster. And the other thing is, how am I supposed to rank like a Michael Conforto, a Malik Smith, and a Eduardo Rodriguez? Like, how am I supposed to rank them? (laughs) They all do different things. How am I supposed to compare Rodriguez to Conforto? I mean, yes, I'm going to probably put Conforto higher because I prefer the bats. But... Maybe at that point of a draft, you've got three outfielders, and you're great in power, and you need a pitcher. Uh, maybe Malik Smith doesn't fit your team because you already took a guy. So I just don't think it helps 
It really doesn't. And I'll just tell you what I do is I print out my rankings, and I can show you if you want. I'll take a picture and put it on Twitter, and I cross off names. And the way the rankings are set up on our site are perfect. So I'm looking at it right now, and basically it's one page. The front page has the catchers, first, second, short, third, outfielder, starting pitchers, relief pitchers, and then actually there's a DH slot where there's only like seven of them. And then you could fit about 40 per position on the first page. Then it goes to another 40 on the second page. And that's what I do. And I just go across and cross off names. I just can't use a top 300 list. I think it is useless. I don't even love it in fantasy football, but I could see it maybe making more sense there or even fantasy basketball. But for baseball, I think it is terrible. And, you know, people say, well, we want it for the first few rounds. I mean, you should know who the top players are in the first five rounds, and a lot of those guys are close. You know, in one draft, I might want to go with a Christian Yelich. In the next draft, I might want to go with a J.D. Martinez. You know, it kind of varies at that point. So, And you might have a different opinion than me, but I just feel like the top 300 does not help you at all. And there will be times where, you know, I have a pitcher ranked 60th, and then there's a guy 75th, and... You know, I think that tier is so close that I might take the guy at 75th. I might push him up the board. Maybe I have a lot of stability and I'm looking for an upside arm. And that guy at 75 has more upside than the one at 60. So I just think the top 300 is just not ideal for fantasy baseball. I think it's you could you could argue with me if you want. Try and convince me otherwise. But I know it. It's going to be in your head. You're going to be like, this guy is ranked 120th on the list. And we're at 160, and he's by far the best player on the board, and I got to get him. He might not fit your team. You've got to understand, and this is where people fail in fantasy baseball, and I've said it all the time. There are a lot of people out there that give great player analysis. They go in-depth and give you all types of information. But with fantasy baseball, the key is building a fantasy baseball roster successfully that is balanced, specifically in Roto Leagues. And I think a lot of people don't do that. What they do is like, oh, I love this player, and oh, he's a good value here, and I got to get him. And they take the guys they want, and they're not looking at the whole puzzle. We're putting pieces to a puzzle together here so that we get the outcome we want at the end. And a lot of people fail to do it. I see it all the time. I just look at their roster, and I go, what were they thinking? And they weren't. They have no plan coming in. And maybe they were drafting off a top 300 list, and they just took the best player available. There's often times when you're sitting in a draft, and maybe you're using a top 300 list, and there's someone at 150, and maybe there's someone at 186. And the human natural reaction is like, I got to get 150. I mean, that's a screaming value right here. But the player at 186 might be the better fit for your roster. And it's the same thing that we go through with trades every year where everyone is quick to say, that trade is a ripoff. I can't believe the guy made that deal. Well, if we're sitting in mid-July, just say, for example, Malik Smith gets traded for Conforto. You're going to be like, oh, my goodness. I can't believe that. The guy who got Conforto ripped him off. Conforto is on fire. He's having a big year. But that team might be up in home runs by 15. And in stolen bases, they're middle of the pack. And they realize, hey, if I get Malik Smith, I can pick up four or five points in steals. The trade makes sense for that team. So those, there's a lot of 
circumstances in fantasy baseball where I think that top 300 does you no good. So I'm sorry. I always try to cater to everyone, but I just think it is useless. There are so many scenarios where you can go through that list and say, how do you decide whether this guy's better than that one? It's just you can't. You know, a guy that's a source of speed compared to a power guy, how do you rank them if they're in a close tier? And I don't want you drafting one higher when he doesn't fit your roster. And the same thing with pitching. How are you supposed to compare a pitcher to a power-hitting outfielder? So I just think it's it's not useful. And I don't even think there's, like, an exact science to put that together. I think people just kind of do it because people want it. But I don't think it's useful. Why am I going to do something if I don't think it's useful? I don't do it. I don't use it myself. I don't. I tell you exactly what I do. And anyone who saw me at the NFBC or sees me in a draft in person, that's exactly what I do. I have my rankings, and I just cross them off. It's listed by positions. I think it's the easiest way to go. So uh, if you have any specific questions, you can ask them on the message boards and the forums at scoutfantasysports.com. We'll answer them, trades, draft strategy, whatever it is. Someone asked me today, uh, am I worried about having two or three players from the same team on a roster? And I'm no, I'm not. I understand in fantasy football, maybe you're more adverse to it unless it's a prolific offense. But I don't worry about it in fantasy baseball. Uh, yeah, maybe the team goes through a collective slump and it hurts you a given week, but I'm not worried about it. If I feel they're the best players, I'll take them. I'll have three players from the same team. It's, again, not something that's ideal, but it's not going to shy away. I'm not going to prevent myself from drafting a player that I really like because I already have his teammate on another team. I'm not going to do that. So... Uh, again, we got you covered. Uh, Stockwatch from Dr. Otto. I actually have an article that I just sent in. It's bold predictions for each team. I think most of them are bold. There might be a couple you go, eh. But, you know, I did it for each team. Uh, I have a very interesting one, I think, for the San Francisco Giants. There's actually not a lot there. But I think that one's going to be kind of surprising. And uh, you could check it out when it's posted. It should be up today or tomorrow. Uh, Sean Childs has a great article on churning your roster to win. And so we got plenty of great content. The rankings I'll keep updated. Uh, you can ask your message questions on the message boards and forums. Also, don't forget for uh, fantasy football, we still have you covered. And especially if you're in Dynasty Leagues, uh, you can get an orphan for sale for the Dynasty Football World Championships as uh, they need new homes. So you can win ten grand and become the annual Dynasty King. You can learn more at DynastyKing.com. So make sure you check that out. ScoutDFS.com, we got you covered for NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, and, of course, MLB upcoming this week. We got optimizers, Slack chat leading up to lineup blocks, so you can check that out. And VegasWhispers.com, they were on fire yesterday for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think it was 11-3 and three offhand. You can check it out on VegasWhispers.com as they uh, tweet out the picks and their record at the end of the night. But it was a good night yesterday. For college basketball, let me check it out right now and see what they were. Uh, oh, okay, seven, three, and one on the Thursday game. So uh, you can use the code Madness fifty to get fifty percent off. Picks for today are posted. Once you sign up, you'll get access to a private Twitter account where you can set up on your phone and get alerts as the uh, games uh, or picks are, are sent in. And uh, I have it set up, so it's great. I just get an alert. Oh, okay, and I look at their picks and uh, decide what I want to do with it. So you could check that out. We're going to have Frank Stample join us in the next segment. You hear him here often on FNTSY. Uh, we're going to talk some baseball. We're actually in three leagues together. So uh, we drafted in the league the other night. I had pick three. He had pick four. He had uh, co-owners. 
Uh, so we'll talk to him about that, see how many of the picks uh, he didn't like and he got outvoted on. So we'll talk with him uh, coming up in just a little bit. Let's take a look at some baseball news. White Sox make it official. Rick Renteria has named Alex Colome the closer. I don't think anyone is surprised by this. In all the drafts that I have been in, Colome has been going well ahead of Kelvin Herrera, and I think this was expected. Uh, obviously, both guys could potentially be traded. I think at the trade deadline, this doesn't look like a team that's going to contend. Colome has obviously been one of the cheaper pitchers off the boards in drafts this year. I don't think I've gotten him in any leagues, but um, definitely you know, as your second closer in a 15-team league, as long as you don't overpay. I think it's definitely a, a viable uh, solution there. Uh, the Dodgers, again, I've talked about their starting rotation continuously, and I've said all of their guys are going to have value, and I want to invest in any of the Dodgers pitchers. Obviously, Clint Kershaw is not a guy that I've taken. I do like Walker Buehler, but I haven't been able to get him. Maybe I haven't been one. I might have had him in a draft Champions League. So those happen in January and February, so you forget if they're on your team. But we got some news today. Uh, Andrew Friedman, the president of the Dodgers, said Julio Urias will begin the season in the rotation. And I, obviously, we did not expect this. I think they mentioned a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, that he was going to be in the bullpen. But we know the Dodgers staff is going to get hit with injuries. Clayton Kershaw already dealing with injury to begin the year. We knew he wasn't going to be ready. He is going to be, he said he needs 20 days to get ready. We knew Rich Hill, I mean, come on, is there any shock with Rich Hill? The biggest shock about the Rich Hill news today, which said that he is not going to be ready to begin the year because of a knee injury, and he'll be on the injured list. The biggest thing is, not that he's hurt, that it wasn't a blister. That's what I expected. So maybe it's a blister on his knee. They're saying it's a knee injury. Look, Rich Hill's 38. When, he on, when he's on the mound, he's very good. But the reason why I don't like Hill as much as the other guys, the Maeda, the Ryu, and you can say Ryu was always hurt, and you're absolutely right. But Hill's 38, so it doesn't get better when you get older. So Hill is the guy that I have the least amount of. Actually, I have no Rich Hill. Got Maeda, Ryu, Stripling, and Urias. I took Urias uh, the other night. And, you know, to begin the year, he's in a rotation. Obviously, the innings with all these guys is a concern. But I think there's a lot of talent here. So Urias is going to be pushed up the draft board this weekend because he's in the rotation to start the year. You could have gotten him very cheap. I think the other night, I got him in round 22, 23. Part of it was because I had Ryu. So it was kind of a backup plan. Not really, though. It was kind of baking on the talent. So uh, you're going to see his price rise. But he's had a good spring. You know, 11, I think 11 and third, 11 strikeouts, three walks, velocity's there. We know he was a top prospect. So he's a guy that's. Going to move up your draft board just a little bit. Shohei Otani thinks he's ready to take BP on the field. They're waiting for the team to clear him. Uh, he's going to be the DH, but not to the beginning of May. Uh, I haven't taken him. I'm in a, quite a few weekly leagues. I just think it's going to be difficult, and I might prove to be wrong. Uh, I know there's people that are very high on him. And I just don't know how many at-bats he's going to get per week, how many games he's going to play him. But he was a great hitter last year, so I could see it working out. It just he hasn't found them, uh, I haven't found him putting him on my team uh, just yet, but I am interested to, to see what he can do and how many games does he play per week. It's going to be something uh, to watch here. Uh, we talked about the Cubs' closer situation in the previous segment. Pedro Strope is going to return to spring training action on Monday. He threw a bullpen today, and it looks like his hamstring is fine, so he will be the closer to open the year. He could keep that job. I would not be surprised if he kept it all year. So I did lower him in my rankings. I'll probably push him back up just a little bit. 
you know, he goes pretty late in drafts. But again, we don't know how long he's going to hold the job for. But Brandon Morrow is not healthy. It has never been a model of health. So there's a good chance that Stroke keeps that job all year. Of course, if you're just joining us, we mentioned it before. Nick Senzel has been sent to the minor league. So there was some hope that he would make the team as the opening day starting center fielder. But remember, he hasn't really pay, played that position much. So I think, you know, it, there's a service time issue clearly here. Uh, I think you could see him by the end of April. Scott Shevlin will probably open the season as the center fielder. He's had a really good spring. So the Reds get a pass here for them to use it as an excuse where it's the service time, him learning defense and center field, playing the outfield. And also, you know, his approach here in the spring, nine strikeouts, no walks, hasn't been great. I'll update here on Corey Knable. He's going to get multiple opinions from specialists. The Brewers don't know what they're going to do for another week. He has a slight tear in his right elbow. They're saying for four years. So they want to see how much more damage could be done. So there is a chance, I guess, he pitches through it. But I just don't think you can draft him this weekend unless it's real late. And Jimmy Nelson felt soreness in his right elbow. He pitched in a minor league game Thursday. So the Brewers don't seem to be concerned. They're not sending for any text testing. Remember, he's coming off a shoulder injury. He had a forearm injury this spring. So there's a lot of problems here. So you really can't draft Nelson until the end. When we return, I'm going to be joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. We're going to talk about our GST draft from the other night. When we return here, Scout Fantasy Sports. Fantasy. Is there a good chance Luke Boyd's the all-star starter at first base in the American League? What about Jose Abreu? What about Abreu? Abreu's great, dude. A lot of the other ones are National League. Yeah, Freeman, Gilles, right. Schmidt, Rizzo, Hoskins, Bellinger. Daniel Murphy, Joey Votto. All right, Greg, he has a chance. I mean, he's very good. You just named 20 National League first baseman. Boys, yeah, Jose Abreu, I have some ranked significant. All right, so that's, that's one. I do expect him to be much better. Sure, that's one. One guy in front of him, you're telling me. Pretty good. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Friday afternoon. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. I have an article up hopefully today or tomorrow 
bold predictions for each team in the majors for the upcoming season. Sean Childs has a churning your roster win article. You definitely want to check it out. He plays in a lot of high stakes leagues in the NFBC. He's a NFBC Hall of Famer. So use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. Also get access to my rankings, number two in Fantasy Pros rankings next year. The guy who was number three joins me now, Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Do we have Frank? All right, hopefully we'll get Frank in a second. Don't hear him right now, so he is hopefully going to join us in the next minute or two. But uh, you can check out uh, scoutfantasysports.com now for the fantasy baseball draft kit. Uh, big drafting weekend, even with two games in the book, there's still time to get access to all this great information. You can go to the site, check out the draft kit. You can see everything that's there for yourself. Some of it is free, but obviously you pay for what you get for. And uh, there's great content here from guys who have won across numerous platforms. So uh, if you have any specific questions catered to your league, you can ask them questions on the message boards and the forums. But joining me now, it is Frank Stample from FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what's going on, buddy? How's everything? Pretty good, man. And, uh, you know, we were in three leagues together this year, man. Too what? Many, the, how did that happen? Too many leagues. Right? Man. How did we end up in this many leagues together? Well, obviously, for the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, we both won our league last year, so they put together the League of Champions, so no that surprise. was inevitable. No surprise. Right, exactly. We knew that we were going to be in the GDD League together, which we did last week, the auction, because we were in it together last year. And then, of course... Uh, we were in the GST League last year, which for a while we didn't know if it was going to happen. So three leagues together, man, that, that's quite a bit. Yeah, and specifically the fact that we were drafting back-to-back uh, -back here. You had the third pick and I had the fourth. Uh, you know, it's never easy, Jonas. It's never easy. No, it's not, and we like challenges. And, uh, you know, I've seen you going from a guy that gets hot dogs for your host to now actually having success in the industry. So I'm proud of you. Maybe one day you could get me hot dogs, Ronis. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Why not? It's never going to happen. Come on. We're friends. Never going to happen. You know, what, what, if, nah. uh, what if I couldn't leave and I was working hard here at the studio? You can't go get me hot dogs, man? I don't work with you. We're not on the, you know, I'm not there. So I, I can't help you now if it works itself down the road that we are somehow working together in studio. Uh, it still won't happen. You know, I'll have, and maybe... You know, I am a little older than you, so uh, I think the likelihood of me being in our nursing home being served uh, chocolate it probably is a better chance of happening. <laughs> and I love that you had to go with chocolate. Always chocolate, right, Ronis? Uh, oh, come on. That's, that's what I'm about, man. Anyone who knows me knows that's the truth. Uh, I love chocolate, you know? I got a little sweet tooth. We all do. We all do. I'll, I'll take chocolate over vanilla uh, every day of the week. Uh, but, of course, I'm talking, well, about, I I'm talking about desserts. I don't know what, what you're talking about, Ronis. Yeah, I'm talking about something different. But uh, I want to get your opinion on something because uh, I was getting some uh, questions on the message boards over at ScoutFantasySports.com that people were at, They want a top 300 list for fantasy baseball. I think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't do it. I just think it doesn't help. Like, I don't feel, see how you can rank players with different skill sets and positions, pitchers and hitters. Do you do one, and do you think it's helpful for the people that like your work? I actually don't do a top 300. I had a few people actually reach out to me and ask me throughout this fantasy baseball draft season if I do a top 300. I actually agree with you that I don't think it's very helpful. I mean, fantasy baseball roto leagues specifically are different than other fantasy sports. You can't just look at, oh, who's the best player available? Let me get that. I mean, we're, we're counting stats. It's not 
We're not looking at, okay, well, uh, I got to get an outfielder here. I got to get a third baseman. No, it's, hey, I got to get 30 stolen bases right now. Who's going to help give me that? So I've always done positional tiered rankings. That's how I like to do things. I always print out my rankings for each draft that I do. I'm crossing names off the list. So I can look at my tiers and see, okay, Who's the best player left at each position? Which stats do I need specifically? Hey, I need stolen bases, and I need an outfielder. This works out. Let me take Victor Robles here. That's more so what I'm looking at when I'm drafting, not just a top 300, because I'm with you. I actually think they're a little bit misleading because next thing you know, someone just drafts, okay, the best player is available, and at the end of the draft, you know, they have a 250 batting average because they just took a bunch of power hitters. Or So, it, I mean, Roto Fantasy Baseball specifically, to me, is a different beast. Maybe in football you could get away with doing a top 300, top 200, whatever it might be. But I think specifically for Roto Fantasy Baseball, it's completely different. Yeah, that's what I've been saying and trying to preach that point. You know, a guy like Joey Gallo, to me, depends on your roster construction. Like, how am I supposed to rank that guy? Because for some teams, he's not a fit. But if you bake in a lot of average early on, which I did, I thought, in the GST, which is why I wanted Gallo. He didn't make it to me, but I felt he was a fit for that team. Uh, for certain teams, Gallo's not going to be a fit. So how can you go by a ranking on him? Yeah, I mean, even ranking Joey Gallo for first base and outfield is hard enough. I mean, trying to figure out where to put him in the top 300 just makes it that much harder because you're right, it is all about roster construction. You you cannot take Joey Gallo if you don't have, let's say, at least two hitters who are projected to hit over 300 because, I mean, at that point, he's just going to hurt your batting average like – so tremendously, you know, we, he's going to be uh, a 210 hitter. At, you know, look, he hasn't, I know the past few years he's made strides in the second half of seasons in terms of, you know, raising the batting average to 230 or whatever, but he hasn't been able to do it over the course of a full season. So I agree. He's one of those guys where, you know, it's hard enough to rank him alone, just at first base and outfield, but the only way you can draft a player like that is if you have serious, serious batting average early on in your drafts. So let's talk about this GST draft, which we did the other night online. Last year, we did it in person. It's a 15-team league, very basically same rules as NFBC, weekly leagues, 5x5, five five, Roto with average. And I had the third pick. I absolutely despised the third pick because I was saying the pick you get at three, you can easily get someone at 10, 11, 12. This draft shocked me a little bit, but I considered Acuna and J.D. Martinez. Acuna went 11 and J.D. Martinez went 12. Now, I know this is probably an outlier. We don't see that in a lot of leagues. And obviously, there's some industry people in this league, high-stakes players, and then some fans and listeners over the years. So it can be unpredictable. But that was my point. I mean, I considered Acuna and J.D. Martinez at three, and they went 11 and 12 in this. That's why I hate the third pick. Yeah, that's exactly right, too, because, you know, if you get that later first-round pick, you have the earlier second-rounder, so it gives you more versatility, and obviously you could get better talent earlier on in the second round as opposed to where where you are, um, where you're going to be at the late, uh, the back end of the second round. So I, I agree completely, and I don't think it's that far off. I know J.D. Martinez went 12th in this draft, but last week, you know, I, I participated in the NFBC main event. I'm drafting right next to Ryan Bloomfield of Baseball HQ, and he's drafting pick 11, and J.D. Martinez makes it all the way to him there, too, so... Uh, this is something I've consistently said throughout the draft season. Pick three through 11, you can make the same argument for a lot of those hitters. Like, you know, you can you can defend. You end up taking Christian Yelich at the third pick. A lot of people have Jose Ramirez as a consensus third pick. I don't think there's a consensus third pick. I agree with you that you know, three through 11, you can paint pros and cons for each one of those players, and I think any of them have the upside to be as good as that number three spot. 
Did you guys want Jose Ramirez at four? Was it a consensus among, was it two or three of you doing this draft? So it was myself, Florio, and Greg. Greg had a home league draft during it, so to be honest, it was a lot Mike Florio and myself. <laughs> and uh, to take it to the next level, uh, Greg didn't really like the team the way that it turned out. So, um, you know, he had a draft going on, so we, we tried to get his input as, as much as we could, but it was, it, was, it was hard. It was hard with everything that was going on. Uh, I think we said Jose Ramirez was our top player on the board, so if he made it to us at four, uh, we were going to take him, but... Definitely considering J.D. Martinez uh, at that point as well, and even Yelich, just because you know Yelich is going to contribute in all five categories. I want to ask you, Ronis, why didn't you take Jose Ramirez at three? Is there something you don't like about him? You worry about that second half? No, I think that you know, I know everyone's talking about him against breaking pitches for final couple months, and uh, I'm not really worried about it. I just think Yelich just has such a high floor. I know everyone's saying, well, of course, he's going to regress with the power. The home run to fly ball rate was insane. He doesn't hit a lot of fly balls, but... Going to Milwaukee, it's conducive for left-handed power. And what if he increases his launch angle? What if he, what if he even, what if he gets to thirty percent fly ball rate? And even if he only hits 25, 26 home runs, I just think that average is going to be great. The counting stats are going to be great, and he steals twenty bases. Uh, so I think he just has a high floor. Uh, I do like Ramirez. Uh, it's not. I'm not holding the second half against him. I think a lot of people are. But like I said, and, and you mentioned it, like I just feel like there's so many players that you can consider in that range that it's not a clear-cut decision. And that's why when I saw it, the third pick, I'm like, oh, man, I hate this. I, I didn't want it. Yeah, and with Yelich, I think obviously everyone expects regression. But, I mean, regression from last year, he just had, you know, a spectacular second half where he won the MVP of the National League. So even if he regresses down to 28 to 30 home runs, you know the counting stats are still going to be there because he's in this Brewers lineup. I want as much exposure to this lineup as I could possibly get. He's going to bat second. He's in a great spot, in a great ballpark, great environment, still going to score 100 runs. RBIs should be around 100, maybe even more than that, batting average. I don't understand why people are so worried about Yelich. Even if he regresses, to me, he's still worthy of a top five pick based on those numbers. Yeah, I think so as well. Talking to Frank Stample of FNTSY and... Just a quick update on the NCAA tournament. Virginia, who is known for choking in this tournament, is already down 20-10 to Gardner Webb. It's early, 10:42 to go in the first, but uh, Virginia has been known to sink in these spots, and they're already down. So uh, we'll see what happens in that game. In the second round, uh, you got Giancarlo Stanton uh, at pick uh, 12 of round two. Were you surprised to see Stanton fall that far? Yeah, we definitely were. Uh, that's why we ended up pulling the trigger. So we had Jose Ramirez in the first round. We knew that we wanted to grab maybe an outfielder, one starting pitcher here uh, with our 2-3 turn. So, yeah, I mean, to, to get Stanton that far, me personally, I haven't really seen him fall that far down the board. There were a few picks in the middle of the second round that kind of threw me off. I mean, Walker Bueller and JT Riomuto go in the second round here. So that allows a player like Stanton um, to, to drop it that far, you know, pick 12 of the second round. So I haven't seen him go that late. We were pleased to get him there. Uh, couldn't really pass up on him. And, you know, people worried about what he did last year with the Yankees. I mean, he was still really good. <laughs> you know, 260 batting average, 40 home runs, 100 and 100 for the runs and RBIs. I mean, I think you can argue that he'll be better this year because he already he got that first year under his belt in Yankee Stadium, uh, you know, get knock some pressure off there. So, I think he's going to at least do what he did last year and has the upside to be even better this season. And then uh, in round three, I took Noah Syndergaard, round three, pick three. 
were you guys hoping to get him uh, with your first pitcher off the board? We were hoping to get any pitcher there. So when we're when it gets to us in the second round, we see Stanton on the board, Freeman, uh, and then there's Trevor Bauer, there's Carrasco, and Syndergaard. And obviously there's six picks until it gets back to us. So we were just hoping that any one of these pitchers uh, would make it to us because typically in my drafts, I like to get at least one starting pitcher in the first three rounds so that you have that ace, that anchor for your pitching staff. But yeah, you took Syndergaard, Carrasco went one pick before you, Trevor Bauer went at the turn. So we had a decision on our hands. Do we pull a guy like James Paxton all the way up the board to the early third round? Or do we just continue to uh, zig when everyone else is zagging and, and, and take another hitter? And ultimately, that's what we did. We take Starling Marte. gives us you know that safe floor of stolen bases. Obviously, now dealing with the back injury, hopefully he's good to go. But uh, yeah, I don't normally start uh, my drafts this way, but I didn't feel comfortable pulling a pitcher all the way up the board. So just continued to load up on the offense. Yeah, it happened to me in this league last year. I think I went bats the first five rounds because pitching was really pushed up the board and I didn't want to reach. In this specific draft, I actually was hoping to get Trevor Bauer in round two, and I was surprised that Freddie Freeman fell. So I said, I, I just can't pass on Freeman. Yeah, so we were and in I a looked similar at it. boat there. Well, cause, but I guess I was on the end where I said, okay, okay, there's three pitchers that I want with my next pick. I'm going to take the shot that one of them makes it back. I knew Bauer wouldn't, but that was the guy I wanted. Carrasco went, and then I said, all right, I'm going to take Syndergaard here. And I know there's definitely some risk. Trust me, as a Mets fan, I know. But he's had a good spring, and I figured I would take the shot. Uh, in round four, uh, you guys came back and got Zach Wheeler uh, with a lot of more pitching going off the board in that round. Clevenger went, Flaherty, Paxton, Strasburg. Did you feel like, all right, we have to take a pitcher here or it's going to get ugly? Yeah, I think we were a little bit hamstrung at that point. I think we knew with uh, at least our next two picks we were going to go starting pitching because – um, you know, you take what the board gives you, but at some point you got to get your pitchers. you got to get your strikeouts. Uh, you know, you obviously have to hit those pit pitching categories. You know how much uh, we love Zach Wheeler. We got into a bidding war with you over him, uh, over Zach Wheeler a week ago uh, in the GDD. Very excited about Zach Wheeler. Uh, what he did in the second half, look, he's not going to be a sub-2 ERA, but pitching for a contract this year, I think that he can take an Aaron Nola-like leap. I think he could be a strikeout per inning, a low three ERA, a good whip. Uh, he's just another guy who has to stay healthy. You know that part of the Mets rotation. Uh, but he did pitch 180 innings last year. I think he could build off that. In a contract year, I I'm buying all in. I have Zach Wheeler, I believe, ranked as my 16th starting pitcher. I I'm very, very high on him. Yeah, I was able to get him in the NFBC auction for $20. So it was uh... – Glad to get him at that price. I thought he might go higher, especially in a New York auction. So I was pleased to get him there. Now, round five. So I almost took Jose Barrios. Instead, I went Daniel Murphy. And then you took Barrios with the next pick. If you didn't get Barrios, what direction would you have gone in? Yeah, so we basically we basically would have taken uh, whoever you didn't take there. Because we were deciding between those two players as well. Um, but, yeah, we wanted pitching. But if, uh, if Barrios would have went... Uh, then, you know, the next player we're looking at that went off the board was Herman Marquez and, and David Price. And I know a lot of people are excited about Herman Marquez, but I just I, – I can't do the Coors Field Colorado thing. Uh, maybe it blows up on me, but he's going to be on someone else's team if he actually uh, does what a lot of people are expecting. Me personally, I, I can't draft him where he's going in that fifth round. So we were basically deciding between Berrios or Murphy. So once you made that call to take Daniel Murphy – uh, you basically made the decision for us, and I think Jose Barrios, um, you know, he's he's a, a guy, an, an accumulator. So I think he's gonna pitch, you know, 200 innings. The strikeouts will be right around there. I still think that he has another step that he can take. 
Can he get that ERA down to, you know, 3-6, 3-5, something like that? I think he has the talent to do so. He's just got to figure out these home run issues, man. Yeah, I do like him too, and that I uh, was close to taking him. And hopefully I don't look back and say, oh, I should have taken him. But some of the news that has come out the last couple of days with some of my pitchers that I got late are – Positive. We'll see if that lasts, but getting Urias late, he's going to start the year in the Dodger rotation. Got Freddie Peralta late, and he's going to start the year in the rotation. So hopefully that works out for me because, yeah, I did. I kind of waited on pitching after that. Hopefully uh, it doesn't, Ronis. No, hopefully it does, man. Come on, <laughs> stop hating. Uh, you took Ozzy Albies in round six. We've seen his stock drop a little bit. I think there's some people that have concerns about him. Was that a case of you thought, thought it was good value? Yeah, it was basically good value. I mean, a lot of my drafts, I usually end up with Daniel Murphy or Robinson Cano as one of my second basemen, maybe even a Rugnet Odor. And if I would have known Odor would make it all the way to, to the 10th round, uh, in hindsight, I probably would have just waited and taken Odor. But I think Ozzy Albies, look, a lot of people worry about the second half. Let's not forget everything that he did in the first half as well. So I think he's got to make some adjustments back to the big league pitching. But I think he does have the upside to, uh, to hit 20 home runs with 20 stolen bases. I actually thought the speed was going to be better than where it was at last year. Love the Braves lineup as well. I think he's going to be right in the middle of everything. Uh, wasn't really part of the plan, but just thought it was really good value at that point. Well, Frank, time flies when we talk. Do you want to stick around for the final segment, or do you have to go because you're whipped? <laughs> I'm, down, I'm down to hang around if you, if you want. All right, look at Frank. He's making big boy decisions. So we're going to keep Frank around. We'll continue to talk baseball with him for the final segment. It is Scout Fantasy Sports. Here on the Fantasy Sports Radio. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Game time decisions. Play this stuff by conference, and we saw St. John's were overwhelmed. I don't know, and I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Big East basketball is terrible, but I think it's that damn Big East tournament behind me at MSG. It takes too much out of these guys. It's too, like, the Big East is, like, important because it's in the garden. Like, I'm telling you, man, these teams were deflated and battled, and you saw Seton Hall. They landed on the freaking line trying to win and beat Villanova on Saturday. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Back here to Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network out of Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And once you are done drafting your season-long fantasy baseball teams and the Major League Baseball season is in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you are playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to help set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Save 10% on winning MLB DFS advice with an early bird special using promo code FNTSY, where you'll get lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and millionaire-creating lineup optimizers. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% early bird discount today. Joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. He was the third ranker, according to Fantasy Pros, among experts last year. He's looking up at me, as always. And I know what he's going to say right now. Let's see if I'm right. What are you going to say? Why are you always talking smack, Cronus? That's not what I thought you were going to say. What do, what do you think I was going to say? It's rigged. I thought you were going to obviously rigged. No, I thought you were going to be like, I just beat you in fantasy basketball. <laughs> well, that would be a factual statement. Yeah, but come wild, on. What you, a wild week, Ronus. Oh, my God. Let, let's talk wild. about that real quick. What I know a, we don't talk a lot of chest. fantasy basketball. Get it off your chest, Ronus. No, okay. So Frank has been in my home league probably, it's been a while now, maybe four or five years, right? Yeah, I would say this might be the fifth year. And I don't think you've ever beaten me in the playoffs, correct? Until this year? I don't think so. Never, I don't think so. But you've been very good. I will give you yeah. – I right. I, I won it – not last year. I won it two years ago. I was actually the one seed last year and got hammered in the semis. We have four teams make the playoffs in a 12-team league. So that's why I changed the prize structure this year. I awarded the number one seed with a prize because <laughs> I got screwed last year. I was the number one seed, and I didn't win anything. So – Frank has done very well in this league, and he's a good fantasy basketball player. I'm giving you a credit. So we squared off in the semis, and the race for number one was really tight. I think I missed the number one seed. I had one less win and one more tie than the one seed, and you were right there, maybe a game behind me. So it was very tight for the top three spots. So I was the two. Frank was the three, along with Greg Sussman, and I saw them in New York, Tout Wars weekend, and they're like, oh, we're in trouble. You're ahead. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fantasy basketball. And anyone who has played season long over the last week, so many guys sitting. The first two days, I had five guys sit due to injury, resting, and I'm like, I can't believe this. So I had a nice lead, even going into the final Sunday, and I was I was in good shape, but I never count anything, and I was up in a lot of categories comfortably, but there was one category that was tight. So I thought I was going to win early Sunday, and I'm checking it throughout the day. I'm like, oh, no, this is getting close. And by the end of the night, you had 23 three-pointers on Sunday. I had 12, and I lost 5-4 by two three-pointers. And you guys were like, I can't believe it. You were texting me. Greg's apologizing. I'm like, don't apologize. Congrats, you know? But it was just, it was one of those wild, wild final days. You guys had Chris Paul and Eric Gordon go off. Yeah, I think they combined for 10 three-pointers together there. And, you know, I texted Greg at, at 8 p.m. I said, look, I made, it to, I made it to the semifinals in three of my fantasy basketball leagues, and I'm going to lose in all three of them. Like, what a crappy Sunday. He calls me back at 10.30, 
and he's freaking out. Dude, we have a chance. Dude, we have a chance. He started doing play-by-play, watching like the Clippers game and the Rockets game side-by-side. Uh, -side. So, yeah, it was wild. Look, we didn't think we had a chance. It came down to that final day. I mean, to be honest, you, you were destroying us for most of the week. So, uh, you know, when I checked earlier that day, I'm like, I, I thought it was over. I didn't even think we had a shot. So, I mean, these guys go off. Uh, anything can happen in fantasy basketball, man, especially like – on those like last couple of days, people sit out. I mean, players go off. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, man. We we didn't think we had a shot. Yeah, it was it was a really tough loss uh, for me. Uh, you know, it's two years in a row now, losing in the semis, and uh, that that was a real tough loss because, like you said, I was up most of the week, and then to just lose, and I was sitting there, I'm like. Gallinari, can you hit a three? Can you hit a three? And the Clippers, were, I think, were up in that game. So there was really no – it was tight, but there was no need for them really to shoot a three. And uh, it just sucked. I think Harden missed the three at the top of the key. Obviously, he was not shooting well that week. So that was a rough loss. But uh, good luck to you in the finals. Three days to go here. And, you know, I've moved up the finals the last two years. It's still not good enough, I don't think. Look how many guys have been sitting this week the last two weeks. Yeah, Fan, I mean, season-long fantasy basketball, it's been a problem all year long. And, you know, not just I that. don't think it's been that bad this year, though, do you? Like, especially for DFS, I think it's actually not been too bad. Obviously, the final month is always the worst. The last few weeks are really bad. But I, I think for the course of the season, it really hasn't been awful. I think it depends who you ask, right? Like, if you ask someone who owns Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving. Well, that's stupid. They're probably the Kawhi Leonard thing is just so dumb, man. How is this guy going to be ready for the playoffs, Ronis, to play back-to-back -back games when he hasn't done it all season long? That's what I want to know. Well, there's not a lot of back I don't. I don't think there's any back-to-back -back days in the playoffs. Really? I feel like... No. Maybe... No, I don't think. Well, oh, okay, play, maybe there's a couple. They play yeah, there's in close proximity though, for sure. And I feel like, right. Is he going to be I, ready for that? Is his body ready? I feel like you know he never plays games in close proximity. It's, I had him in one league. I'm telling you, it was terrible. And I tried to trade him many times, but you know people weren't going to give you fair value because they know the deal with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, if you, I, I think it depends who you ask because Kyrie Irving has been a mess this year. He's always a mess, and then uh, Kawhi Leonard too. It, it was it was brutal for both of those guys. Yeah, those guys specifically definitely were terrible cases. And I don't think we saw that coming before the year. I certainly didn't. Um, I didn't I didn't draft Leonard anywhere, but thought he would have a good year. But I don't, I don't think he comes back to Toronto. And, and owning Anthony Davis. Ask anyone who owned Anthony Davis. What a disaster, man. Like, I, I'm telling you, in, in between three leagues, the three most frustrating players I owned were Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler with like the sitting out earlier on in the season and then getting traded to Philly and basically killed a lot of his value. And then Anthony Davis. I mean, and and who would have thought coming into the year that that would happen with Anthony Davis? Obviously, we worry about injuries with him, but I mean, the way that everything played out, man, I mean, it's it's really it's going to change the way that I draft for fantasy basketball. I'm not going to draft anyone who's part of any trade rumors ever again. I'm just I'm staying away. Yeah, the Davis, I can't fault you. I think you had the one pick in this draft and took Davis, and I would have done the same. We just didn't foresee it coming like this. Like, I'm actually surprised the Pelicans were so bad. I thought they had talent on that team, and I thought they would be at least competitive in the West. So I can't fault you for the Davis. Even the Kawhi, I don't even think we saw it coming to this level. I didn't think so before the year that he would sit out so much. I had no idea when I took him in that other league. I, I started my team, Steph Curry and Kawhi Leonard. I'm feeling great about it. And it's like, yeah, maybe he sits out a game here or there. The guy has not played a back-to-back -back all season long. It's just. Is that true? I don't, I don't think he has, man. I'm telling you, I own him. Every back-to-back, -back, it seems like he sat one of them out. Every single one. I think it's embarrassing. That really annoys me. 
for 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 the NBA, man. Yeah, I mean, look, people bring up this argument a lot that you know, what about the kid that goes to see Kawhi Leonard play, and you know, uh, buy you know, tickets are not cheap. So to go to the game and you're expecting to see superstar players, it's, I they got to find a way to figure this out. I mean, the next CBA, whatever it's going to be with the NBA, uh, they gotta they gotta find a way to figure this out because I I don't know I don't know what they're going to do, Ronis. Because well, they they have to. They also have to do a better job with the injury reporting, especially with sports gambling becoming legal, because it is absolutely pathetic. There was a game where with the Hornets about a week ago where Nicholas Batum was ruled out with an eye after the lineup lock. And it just Zach Levine the other night. I was fortunate. I was playing DFS that night and I had him in my lineup and I was on Yahoo. So there's late the lineup swap. But you can't even go out to dinner. You can't even go pick out food without following your phone. And fortunately, that day I was following, I saw Levine was out. I was like, oh, shoot. And there was only, I think, maybe three or four games left on the slate. So my options were limited. So I had to pay up for Harden, put someone else in cheaper at guard. Fortunately, Harden went off and scored 86, so it helped me cash. But, like, you know, it shouldn't be like this. Like, I understand last-minute things happen, but it's way too often in the NBA. We don't have a set time for setting lineups for injury reports and you know to me nba dfs is very popular but it's going to turn a lot of people off that just don't have the time to sit there and follow all this injury news and i know it's march and april where it gets really bad but they need to do a better job and especially with sports betting uh, becoming legal in many more states yeah and i think there was something with Embiid last week too right where like either he wasn't ruled out and i don't know no there was a tweet that went out from yeah. FanDuel that said he was out and I, I don't know. I think it might have been a mistake because there were no reporters reporting that. Okay. So it was misleading information. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right. Either way, I mean, it's a it's a mess. Um. So, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens in the NBA. I agree. I mean, it's going to turn off more casual players from uh from playing DFS, and you know, obviously, you want to you want to have as many people playing as you possibly can. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they got to figure out a way. Uh, with with gambling becoming more popular around the country too. Yeah. Well, we'll see what they do because they got to do something. Joined by Frank Stanfield from FNTSY. We'll get back to our baseball draft now. We were talking about our GST draft in the previous segment. We were drafting back-to-back. And around seven, uh, hellacious closer run started. Uh, I took Brad Hand as the second closer in that round behind Kenley Jansen. Then you took Aroldis Chapman. Why did you decide to go closer here? Did you see a run coming and you didn't want to lose out on one of the top seven? Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, the range that I normally live in is, you know, Brad Hand, Osuna, Vasquez. You know, maybe if I wait a little bit later on, I get a Kirby Yates. But I want to have at least one closer that I know is going to have the job as long as he's healthy, which is the case for Roldis Chapman. I know a lot of people worry about the knee with Chapman, but I think you can have concerns with any of the other relievers going in this range too. Roberto Osuna, as great as he's been, um, you know, he's had off the field issues. He's, you know, he's had issues on the field too, in terms of, uh, you know, mental things that he's gone through. Uh, and then Felipe Vasquez, I mean, who's to say he's not traded if, if the pirates fall out of things. So I think you have concerns with a lot of relievers at this point. I think Chapman has the highest upside of those guys. Yankees going to win a lot of games, still gives you a lot of strikeouts. Um, just crossing my fingers. Hope the knee isn't an issue this year for Chapman. Yankees are going to win a lot of games. Are you serious? They're in trouble. Ronis, we're not talking about the Mets here. Come on. Wait a second. Don't. Look, you could say what you want about the Mets, but you got to be realistic. They can be a good team. They can be a good team. I mean, the You Yankees, love Zach Wheeler. He's won 100 games last year. And they. And what did they, they do in the they playoffs? Got better. They got what better. did they do in the playoffs? 
they ran in, they ran into the champions. Yeah, uh-huh. Nah, I, I think the Yankees <laughs> will be good. So I think the Mets have a shot to be good. I, I, I'm like, I want to be optimistic, but as a Mets fan, and you know, you have friends who are Mets fans, like, that optimism quickly dissipates. Why would you do because, that to yourself, Ron? It's just, yeah. Just go, but in, no. with, go in with no expectations, and, and hopefully they, uh, they perform, and then you'll, well, you'll it's be excited. It's, well, first of all, it's always an exciting time when baseball starts, and the season begins on Thursday. And with the Mets rotation making it through the spring healthy, Pete Alonso possibly starting the year with the team and hitting second, Jeff McNeil, Conforto's healthy. It's hard not to be optimistic. The problem is that division is so good. It is. It is a very tough division. I think top to bottom. Obviously, not the Marlins, but uh, the Phillies in there. The Nationals still going to do their thing. Um, it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for sure. Uh, but, you know, you said the season starts on Thursday. Uh, the season could end by Monday when it comes to the Mets. Oh, look. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're talking trash now. All right. Uh, hopefully the Mets finish for more wins than the Yankees. Unlikely, but, hey, I can dream. Uh, in round eight, you took Jesus Aguirre. There's a lot of people who feel like last year's a fluke. You guys clearly don't. Why is that? Well, at this pick, we were we were looking at the, the the first base position, and we saw a clear drop off after Aguilar. We we considered him the last, you know, of that that tier two first baseman. You know, I think he's still one of these guys that can hit thirty plus home runs. Obviously, a hundred RBIs. He did it last year. Um, I want as much exposure to the Brewers lineup as I could possibly get. Look, he was one of only nine players last year with thirty five plus homers and a hundred plus RBIs. So I know the second half, a lot of people will point to that. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Look, is he going to be a, a 300 hitter like he was in the first half? Probably not. He still has a lot of issues with strikeouts, but the batted ball profile is great. He's going to hit the ball hard. He hits the ball in the air. Uh, it's it you know it's going to be conducive in a good environment there. Uh, playing in Milwaukee, he's right in the middle of everything. So uh, even if the batting average comes back to let's say between 250 and 260, I still think that he can hit 30 plus home runs with close to 100 RBIs. Talking to Frank Stanfield from FNTSY going over our GST League draft the other night. Round nine, I took Eduardo Rodriguez, then you took Luis Castillo. It's close for me. I actually have Castillo in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational and in Tout Wars. So I kind of wanted to go in a little bit of a different direction. Castillo has had some velocity issues here in the spring and has struggled. I still think he'll be fine. But uh, do you have those guys ranked closely or were you guys clearly waiting for Castillo? I would I would be lying if I said Luis Castillo was part of the plan coming into this draft. I actually thought you were going to take him because again you took him in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, so I thought you would uh, you would jump on him again here. But at this point, the only pitchers we have are Berrios. Uh, we have Zach Wheeler. We have Arolas Chapman. We wanted to get an SP3. Honestly, that's more than me. That was my SP2. <laughs> <laughs> the round before we wanted uh, we wanted either Tanaka or we were gonna we were gonna take the shot on Kershaw, but they those both both those guys went uh, right before our pick, so we end up taking Aguilar. And then here we figured, all right, we gotta get a third starting pitcher. Let's figure out who to take. So once you didn't take Castillo, we'll take him. Uh, the upside is there for him. We all saw what he did in the second half. Um, he's kind of a frustrating guy because, again, we know the talent is there with him. He's just he's got to find a way to put it all together. It's tough pitching in, in the Great American Small Park in Cincinnati, but I do think that the talent is there. He's he's just got to put it together. I think in round ten, you guys took Stephen Piscotty. I, I think he's been so undervalued, and I'm not saying this because he homered in Japan. Uh, I've been talking about it. The guy hit third in the A's lineup and. You look at the final numbers last year, you have to take into account he struggled early on. He was dealing with the death of his mom. So I really like that pick. I thought he was good value. I think he's fallen too far in drafts. 
Yeah, so ideally we wanted one of Andrew McCutcheon, Justin Upton, or Eloy Jimenez, but all those guys actually go in the same round. Uh, what we were looking for was we wanted an outfielder here who can give us you know, 25 to 30-ish home runs, good RBIs, a batting average that won't kill you, and Piscotty just kind of, uh, just kind of fit the bill there. So I agree with you. That second half was huge. He hit the ball extremely hard in the second half. He, he upped his fly ball rate. He's going to be right in the middle of that A's lineup. Everyone likes Chris Davis. Everyone likes Jerkson Profar and Matt Olson. Hopefully Matt Olson is healthy and Matt Chapman. So he's right in the middle of all of it. I'm, I'm hoping he builds off that second half. I, I would expect at least 25 home runs this year from him. Around 11, I took Tyler Glass, and then you guys took Joe Musgrove. I was actually hoping Musgrove. I thought he had the better shot of making it back because I really like him a lot. I hope I don't regret this pick, but uh, I think Musgrove has a big year. Yeah, you're going to regret it, Ronis. Ah. Let Joe Musgrove fall to the to Team BFF. Why would you let that happen? Come on. We love Musgrove. You knew we were going to take him. I wasn't sure if you would take him there, uh, so that kind of sucked. But uh, thanks for uh, taking Jose Quintana around 12 so I could get Domingo Santana. Uh, you know what? We were thinking about Domingo Santana. To be honest, we were we were debating him and Austin Meadows, and we were just hoping that one of them would come back. I thought it was more than likely you were going to take Domingo Santana. I love Austin Meadows as well. Uh, but, yeah, we take Jose Quintana at that point. I think he's our SP5. Uh, you want to talk about a value? Jose Quintana was being drafted as a top 20 starting pitcher last year, Ronis. And I know he made a mechanical adjustment um, yeah, over the final 12 starts. He had a 3.60 ERA during that span. So uh, I, look to, I look for him to get back to a vintage Jose Quintana that we were used to. Yeah, I have Santana and Meadows in Tower, so uh, good combo there. But, Frank, thanks for the time, man. Good luck this season, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks for having me on, Marcus. Appreciate it. No problem. Check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. Use promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months for those drafting this weekend. That wraps it up. Be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio.